welcome with me one of our own. It's a privilege to have Pastor Trey and Candace uh, with us uh, this evening. And I've asked Pastor Trey to share from his heart. He's got a word from the Lord for us, and Candace as well. And uh, would you give uh, a Grace Point welcome to one of our own, Pastor Trey? Come on up, guys. So thank you for having us here tonight. Um, I'm going to start us out, and then Trey will finish us off. Uh, How many of you, raise your hands, believe in the living, powerful Word of God that can still change and move our hearts today? Okay, amen, I do too. And what I'd like to start us out with is a story from God's story, one small piece of God's story. And the reason why we want to share it with you tonight is because we believe that God can use it to speak to each of us tonight. So, with that being said, I am going to ask you to do something a little bit different than we probably would normally do on a Sunday night. So I encourage you and I invite you to all participate, all ages, kids all the way through adults. Um, So please participate and engage Because our purpose and our heart is that the Lord will use this scripture as we dig in it together to learn from it and change our hearts. So before I do, I just want to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to do that work in us tonight. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to share. And we thank you for the opportunity to, as a body of believers, dig into your scripture together. Lord, we believe in the power of your scripture and we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to us through scripture we just invite you, Lord, to do that tonight as we engage and participate in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start out by telling you a story found in Matthew. Just listen closely, because after I finish telling the story, I'm going to ask for you to repeat the story to someone next to you. Okay, so listen closely as I tell the story. One day... As Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, one named Simon, also called Peter, and the other named Andrew. They were throwing their nets into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they immediately left their nets, and they followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John. They were sitting in the boat with their father, Zebedee, and they were mending their nets. And Jesus called out for them to come and follow too. And immediately they followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. And that's the word of the Lord for tonight. Thanks be to God. Okay, I'd like for you now to... Some of us are kind of spread out, so try to not be alone. Get to where you can partner with somebody. You repeat the story to them, and then listen as they repeat the story to you. Okay, we'll start with that part. So go ahead. Find somebody. Everybody, kids and adults can all do this.
great job. I can tell most people are finishing up. Raise your hand if your partner did a good job telling the story. Good. All right. Great job. Now you guys are experts, too, because you know the story just as well as I do. So now what I'm going to do this time, I'm going to tell it again. And I need your help to correct me if I say something that is not the way we talked about it the first time. So if I say something that's a mistake, I need your help to correct me. And the way that you do it is you say, no, no, no. Okay, so on the count of three, we'll practice. Say no, no, no. Okay, ready? One, two, three. No, no, no. Okay, good job. So if I say something that's incorrect, help me and say no, no, no. Here we go. One day, as Jesus was walking along Wall Street, he saw... No, not Wall Street. You're right. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, one named Simon, also called Peter, and the other named Andrew. They were throwing their nets into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them. He said, come, follow me. There's a great sale at Bass Pro Shop just this way. No, that's not right. He said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. So at once they left their nets and they followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John. They were sitting in their boat with their father Zebedee. They were singing, row, row your boat at the top of their lungs. No, that's not right. They were mending their nets. And he called out for them to come and follow too. And immediately they followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. Did we make it through? Good. Okay, now the rest is easy. We're just going to dig into it and talk about it together. And so the first question, I'd like you to kind of get in larger groups, uh, like five or six, just kind of group together as you talk. The first question is, what did you like about the story? What did you like? Share with each other, and then we'll, we'll call a few out. Is there anybody who'd be willing to share with all of us? What did you like about that story? You can just call it out. Obedience, okay? And where did you see obedience? Following Jesus. Good. Immediately. Okay, straight from Scripture. Absolutely. Somebody said something over here? 
they left their father and their livelihood and they followed. Okay, good. We like that part. Anything else that we really like about this story that stands out to us? Okay. And we know you like the beach, Miss Ruth. <laughs> yes. Okay. Brothers called together and they left together. Good. Anyone else? Okay. Mending nets. What was that like? Okay. Good. What else? Okay, not only were they brothers by blood, they were brothers in Christ after they met Jesus. Interesting. Hmm. Good. Thanks for sharing that. What else? Any kids? What did you like about this story? Are they shy? You're not a kid, but you can answer. Okay. Their faith. And where do you see their faith showing in this story? They didn't hesitate. Wow. So not hesitating shows their faith in that moment. Great. Anyone else want to share something? All right, here's the next question with your groups. What did you not like about the story? Anything that just kind of rubbed you the wrong way, and you don't like it. And that's okay. Is there something that you don't like about this story? Share with your groups, and then we'll, we'll ask for answers. Does anybody, would anybody like to share something that they don't like about this story? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So Zebedee stayed in the boat, and the boys left. We wouldn't like that. Okay, good. What else do we not like? So you don't like the fact that they, the boys left their father behind. Okay, good. Joseph. Okay, so from the story, it sounds like they just left everything that they owned, everything that they had, and they just followed Jesus at that moment. That would be kind of hard to leave all of your stuff like that. Good thinking. Thank you for sharing that. What else do we not like about this story, this piece of the story?
Okay? Tell me more about that. So we don't have a lot of details, and it doesn't sound like they had a lot of details either. He called, and they left. They didn't know how long, months, days. They didn't know. Okay, good. What? Somebody said something over here. Okay, so this piece of the story doesn't give us much detail for what happened after they followed Jesus. Okay, we want to know more. You can find out more in Matthew. Check it out. Good. Good thoughts. Anything else that you really don't like about this part of the story? What do you think? Anybody want to share? Did they really know who Jesus was when he called out to them? Does anybody want to share something? What do you think, Chris? Okay, so they might not have known who he was unless maybe they... um, he came to them in a vision, but the scripture part doesn't tell us exactly, does it? Good. What else? Okay, so if we know about the Bible, we know that John the Baptist told about Jesus coming before Jesus came. Foretold, yes. And so, but we don't exactly know from this piece of the scripture what the disciple, what the brothers knew of Jesus at that moment, do we? Good thinking. We didn't know where they were. They didn't know where they were going too, right? Okay, they left all of their financial support and all of their means, their livelihood. They were fishers. Good. Yes. Interesting. So he's saying that maybe they, from what they had heard, maybe they had ulterior motives for following Jesus um, because if he were the Messiah. Good. Good thoughts. Yes. Okay. Can tell me how you how you draw that from the story. Tell me about that. So you feel like, so you feel like something about Jesus and the way that he acted and loved and cared drew them out and that they followed because you said their spirits were in one accord. Good. Good thoughts. Anybody else have something that they didn't like about the story? All right, here's the next. Joe, you have something? Amen. He's a great pastor. All right, next question. This time you can put yourself into the story. If you could be in this story, which character would you want to be and why? Or maybe there's a character that you know you would not want to be 
and why is that? So share that with your groups, and then we'll call a few out. Which character would you want to be, or which character would you not want to be in this piece of the story? Is there anyone who would like to share with all of us if there will be a character that you would want to be or a character you would not want to be? Aaliyah, is that your hand up? You wouldn't want to be the dad. Okay, good. Why not? Okay, the boys left and left him with all the work. You're right. Good. Good thinking. Who else? Who would you want to be, or maybe you someone you would not want to be? The fish. You would. Okay, and who in this story would you not want to be, or want to be? What about this story? Let's see, who was there? There were um, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. The brothers, James and John. There was Zebedee. Who else? Jesus. And sometimes there's characters that aren't really people, and they're in the story too. Inanimate objects. From this piece of God's story, this little story here, who would you want to be or not want to be? You would want to be like Peter, coming quickly at first call, obeying quickly. Good, good. Thank you for sharing. Who else? Yes. So you would like to be one of the men that Jesus called, and was were, they were on the front row for all that Jesus did. That would be incredible. Awesome. Yeah, what else? I know you guys were having some good discussion because I heard it. I know that you had some thoughts. Okay, let's go to the fourth question. What truth 
do we see from this scripture that you could share with someone else to help someone else? What truth can we find in this scripture that may be helpful for someone else? Never hesitate when God calls. Awesome. And I want you to talk about it in your little groups first, and then we're going to talk about it with everyone. What truth could you share with someone else based on what we find in this story? Who would like to share? Paul, say what you said again. Say what the what you said again. Never delay God's call. Good advice. What else could we share with someone else? What other truths could we share with someone from this story that we've learned? Okay, maybe... When God calls us, it requires a change of profession, like the men were fishers, but then they became followers of Jesus and whatever he was doing. So maybe when God calls you, it might require a change of profession. Okay, good thought. What else? Yes. Okay. When he... Okay, great. When he speaks, we should be aware of his voice and listen like they were aware of him calling out to him. Sounds good. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, back there. Mm. Awesome. You don't have to be important. They were just plain old fishers. Fishermen. Good. Yes. Okay. Trusting that God will provide for your future when you leave all of those things. Never disobey God. Good words. Yes. Okay, Jesus will teach us what to do. We may not know. They didn't know what they were stepping into, maybe, but he taught them along the way. Be prepared to hear his call. How do you think we can be prepared to hear his call? Spending time with him. Yes, sir. Trust and obey. And we see that in this story, don't we? The fishermen trusting and following, even without knowing. Thank you. Yes. Say it again. Okay, they were chosen. That could be encouraging to someone, couldn't it? All right, last question. What truth maybe has the Holy Spirit highlighted that are standing out to you tonight that you can apply in your own life? What truths are standing out to you that you can apply in your own life? Share that with a couple people around you. What does he want to teach us to apply to our lives tonight?
would like to share some a truth that they are finding that they can apply to their own lives from this scripture. Who'd like to share? Okay. We don't have to be experts to do what God's calling us to do. We just have to be willing. Amen. What else? Yes, Sophie. Follow Jesus. 100% all the way. Amen. What else? irritated by interruptions in life for what God's calling you to do. Good. Mm. God can come to you at any point in time in your life. And what are you, so you're feeling like as we prepare and hear God's scripture that we are ready when God calls. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So learn about him, know about him, and be prepared for when he's ready to call us. Great. Okay, tell me more about that. So it's our job to do what? To listen. So Marilyn's saying that we're all called every day. He has something in mind for us, whether it's talking to someone or another way, to be ready to listen. Good thought. Don't let what the world says hold us back. When Jesus is calling you, he has the power to do what he has in mind to do. Amen. Anyone else have one or two left? left? Yes, Pastor Ryan. Mm. Following Jesus often means leaving the familiar for the unfamiliar before us. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else? I don't know who I'm looking at. Raise your hand and talk to me. Okay, say it again. Okay, so if they had immediate, obe- immediate obedience, then there wasn't much fear on their part. In their hearts. There was that trust and that faith in Jesus. Yes, good. Thank you guys for digging into this scripture with us. I hope that...
the Holy Spirit was stirring things in your mind that you can learn from just a few verses. Um, I heard things about immediate obedience, trust, the faith that it takes to leave the familiar for the unfamiliar. Um, So thank you for pulling those truths out with me. There are lots of stories and accounts in the Bible, like the one where we just discussed. I think I heard Vicki say that God called ordinary, just regular people. They weren't important. They were just normal people. And tonight, we're going to talk about um, an opportunity that we have, our own personal account um, of what God is doing. My story, as some of you know, begins in a small town. I was born to parents who were new Christians, and our local church became our family. I accepted Jesus as my Savior in first grade um, at my very first year at summer camp. And as I grew into high school, I began to sense that God was calling me into ministry. I thought, like many teens who were called into ministry, that that was for me to go into youth ministry. My first year at SNU as a ministerial student, interning with a youth pastor in a church a little ways from SNU as an intern. They didn't really have anything for me to do, but they needed a a two-year-old substitute. So they gave me a book of clip-and-tell Bible stories and said, here. And I walked into that two-year-old class And God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be a children's pastor. So I changed all my focus for my second year at SNU, and I began to prepare to be a children's pastor. After we graduated from SNU, Candace and I were married at this point. We decided that that we were to go to Kansas City, and I was to attend Nazarene Theological Seminary. I was certain that I would go there, I would graduate, and I would head off to a church of about 100 people. That's what I grew up in, and those are my people. However, God had a different plan. My second year at seminary, I had this professor who was teaching adjunct, and she came and preached, I mean, taught in a two week module class. And the next spring, I got a call from a place I'd never heard of in my entire life called Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I Googled it to see where it was, and God had in mind for us to come here to Grace Point. Grace Point is a little larger than a church of 100 people, and I remember our very first Wednesday night, we were over in the room off of the gym, and the kids were in there, it was the first Sunday, oh, first Wednesday of June or something like that, and I looked across the room at Candace, and I thought, what have we done? We are not prepared for this, and here we are, but with some wonderful pastors who had more years of ministerial experience than I had years of living, I learned, and I grew, and we found our way here at Grace Point. However, my burden for the small church never went away, and I began to realize that not because of who I was, but because of the position I was in, I would be able to help fellow children's leaders. 
especially those in a small church. So from this place, an event was born in my heart called Spark. Maybe you've heard of it. The Lord gave me this vision to start a retreat for local leaders, local children's leaders. And it was designed for children's leaders on this district in a form of training and support and encouragement. I want to read you one of the accounts that one person wrote after uh, one of the first years. They wrote this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When I got here, I was not sure I was going to stay a children's pastor, but God has met me in a big way. I am refreshed, renewed, refocused, redirected, and ready to move forward with new insight, new vision, new goals, and lots of hugs from Jesus with skin on. Thank you for this weekend. Signed, a weary warrior who received rest and relaxation and is ready for battle. I I didn't know what God had in mind for the future, but I knew that God was on to something, and I wanted to keep going. Since then, we've had five sparks here in Indiana. Not only that, it started to spread, and we've had three in Arkansas and two in Kansas. When people hear about it, they want one on their region, and in 2016, we're looking at potentially having six of these events across the U.S. This year, as Candace and I headed out, we did three sparks this, this spring. As we headed out, we began to feel strongly that God had bigger plans in mind for this event called Spark than we could ever imagine. We set out with our ears and our hearts open to listen to what God may have for our future, realizing that it may mean some changes to our current lifestyle. After praying fervently and seeking the counsel of respected followers of Jesus, we knew it was time to start stepping out in faith with this dream that God had given us. We had this dream to travel around the, the country in an RV with our family and support local churches through retreats or trainings. At first, we didn't really know where to step, so to speak. We, we didn't know how we would be funded. We didn't know what we'd be traveling in. We didn't know how this would work at all. We had several conversations, but no doors seemed to open. This call, though, didn't go away. This call actually began to get stronger and stronger, even though we didn't know what it meant. Finally, we realized that it was time that God was calling us to step when we didn't know what we were stepping on. So we decided to jump. We met with the executive team. Our our church board has this executive group of people. It's a little different. But we met with the executive team of our board, and they affirmed our call, and they found a way to support us for five months as we kickstart this new ministry. And the board, the church board, agreed with it, and they were affirming and supportive. So we, the first Sunday of May, resigned from our steady and wonderful position as pastor to children and families at Central Church of the Nazarene, a church that is a wonderful church with a wonderful staff, you know, 
great lead pastor. We sold all of our stuff and our home. We packed our keepsakes and our few other possessions into a 10 by 15 storage unit. We crammed our kids and our suitcase into our van and we bought a car topper. We took minivanning to a new level. We have a car topper and we have a bike rack now as we drive down the road. And we hit the road. Since we made this choice, we have seen God's provision and His affirming hand everywhere, all over the place. Not only that, but our vision for the future has grown. We've realized that this call isn't just about spark, although that's a big part of it. But our heart's desire is actually to be a resource to train and encourage local leaders. And God has been preparing us for this for quite some time. We didn't even know it. In January, Candace began, became a storyteller through to Tell the Story. Um, this is part of the Global Ministry Center uh, um, for our denomination. And this past May, she completed her, her training to be a storyteller trainer, and that's what she did. That is the method that she did that story with you earlier is the Tell the Story method. And we believe that God is going to use this, and we've already seen God use this as we've traveled these eight weeks. We've seen it used with a church board, and we've seen it used with kids at church camp. God is using this. God was preparing Candace for this before we were even thinking this. I've been on the track to, to receive training to be a strengths finder coach. This is a tool that church leaders can use so that you know how God has created you and you know how your team is created and then you're able to work better together as a whole, having a common language and moving forward for the kingdom. We also, like I said, we love to speak at camp. We believe that at camp, the large church and the small church comes together and they're sitting in the same room and they all have similar opportunities in their church. And they all have similar struggles. And we believe it's a place where we can come and we can listen. We don't have answers, but we can listen to what is happening. God has blown open the doors of possibility for us. Do we know yet how will we be funded starting in November? No, not exactly. Do we have an RV? No, not yet. Are we crazy for packing our six-year-old, three-year-old, and ten-month-old and taking in a van and taking them on the road? Probably. But we are wholeheartedly trusting God to provide for us as we go. There, there are songs that I remember singing as a kid. There was one that said, There's a roof up above me, a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Understand that in a new way. Trust and obey. I understand that in a whole new way. 
these days in my life. It's not scary. It's a wonderful journey to be on with Jesus. Since we started this journey, we were contacted by a traveling evangelist who's coming off the road. We were connected to them through a friend of a friend of a friend. It's like this long Nazarene-ness. And they want to sell their RV to a couple in ministry. So we are currently asking God to help us to get this RV. It's a $212,000 RV that they're selling for $55,000. We're not exactly sure what the future holds for our family. But we believe what Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. It's one of my favorite verses. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. It's not that I have to do it. It's the one who called me. He is faithful. I just have to walk and trust and listen to him. God can use Ordinary objects. I want you to think about that. Think about an ordinary object that's it's in the Bible. An ordinary object. God, like Moses' rod. God used Moses' rod. And David in a stone. Ordinary object. God can use an ordinary object. Can he use us? If God can use an ordinary fishermen to become his disciples and to change the world. I believe he can use all of us. Every single one of us. You know, most of you know us. Trey and Candace. Just ordinary people who are trying to listen to God and faithfully follow And as Pastor Brady prayed, I I believe that's for all of us. It's not just for us. It's for everybody in this room. Probably you're not being asked to sell all your stuff and to move into an RV. Maybe you are. But what is God asking you to do? If God can use anything, how might God use you for the kingdom. We're going to play a song in just a moment. And what I'd like for you to do is just listen to the words of this song. And if you want to come and pray, you're welcome to come and pray. But listen to these these words. If he can use anything, can he use you?